0: It was a hot summer's night in Alexandria when Julius Caesar summoned the joint rulers of Egypt, Ptolemy XIII and his sister, Cleopatra, to his palace. He was losing patience when a servant presented him with a carpet and began carefully unrolling it. Cleopatra emerged before the Roman general's astonished eyes. The queen was breathtakingly beautiful and Caesar immediately fell for her. In the blink of an eye, a young 21-year-old woman had a middle-aged man at the height of his power kneeling before her. It's a nice story and, admittedly, people's fascination with Cleopatra's charm has never really wavered, but it's unclear what she was really like behind the male fantasy. Reducing the queen to her seductive power would be a mistake. Cleopatra was above all a great politician. Due to her ambition, she was fiercely hated by her all-male rivals, who saddled her with an evil reputation. Is it even possible to make out who the real Cleopatra was behind the biased historical accounts of the Queen of Egypt. You're listening to Echoes of History Behind the Legends the podcast that tells you the true stories of some of history's most legendary heroes. As the Assassin's Creed franchise turns 15 travel back through 2,500 years of history to meet the men and women whose destiny led them to greatness, uncover their stories, and bring their legends back to life. Episode 2. Cleopatra. Even though her family had ruled Egypt for centuries, young Cleopatra was a Greek princess like the rest of her line. As a child, she loved to explore the shelves of the Library of Alexandria, dipping into its 40,000 papyrus scrolls. She may have read the memoirs of her famous ancestor, Ptolemy I, who was one of Alexander the Great's best generals. After the conqueror's death, Ptolemy received the kingdom of Egypt. He enlarged his kingdom by conquering other areas, including Syria, Cyprus, and regions of Anatolia. But these glory days were over. Cleopatra discovered this at just 11 years old. In 58 BC, her father, Ptolemy XII, had to flee the country, and she went with him. His reign hadn't been easy. Facing challenges from within his kingdom, which had been reduced to just Egypt and Cyprus, he bought, at great cost, the support of the major power of the time, Rome. But to do so, he had to increase taxes and cede Cyprus. This made him hugely unpopular. And Ptolemy the was deposed by his people in favor of his own daughter, Cleopatra's older sister, Berenice the Fourth. As they fled all the way to Rome, Cleopatra witnessed her father's humiliation. Watched by his daughter, Ptolemy begged for support to mount a return to power. Finally, the Roman governor of Syria agreed to help him. In return for an astronomical sum of money, he sent his soldiers to overthrow Berenice. In 55 BC, Ptolemy XII returned to his throne, but Rome now had control over Egypt. This was the country the king left his children upon his death in 51 BC and he entrusted the Romans to carry out his last wish. Cleopatra, then aged 18, should rule with her younger brother, Ptolemy XIII, who was only 10 at the time. I mean, I only had a paper round at that age. The young queen therefore became the heiress of a Greek dynasty with a prestigious past, but which was in steep decline. She had, however, taken note of a key political reality. She would have to deal with Rome to return her kingdom to its former glory. This was the background for her audience with Julius Caesar. The Roman general landed in Alexandria at the end of July, 48 BC, after defeating his rival Pompey. In preparation for future battles, Caesar decided to extend his stay to rebuild his army's forces. Also, Egypt owed him quite a lot of money. To collect it, he needed stability in the country. That's why he tried to reconcile Cleopatra and her brother Ptolemy XIII, who were engaged in a ruthless power struggle. That's 10-year-olds for you. In spite of himself, Caesar quickly found himself embroiled in the war in Alexandria. This pivotal moment in Egyptian history is featured in the game Assassin's Creed Origins. In this installment, players helped Cleopatra conspire in the shadows to seize power, but it took more than politics and blood was eventually spilled in Alexandria. The people in the capital who supported Ptolemy XIII surrounded the palace fighting broke out caesar risked his life but triumphed over the supporters of the young king who later drowned in early 47 bc for cleopatra it was a total victory she now reigned alone over egypt and enjoyed the protection of the ruler of rome and most importantly she was carrying his child, Ptolemy Caesar, who was born a few months later. It's clear that Caesar ending up on the Queen's side was a matter of circumstance, but love at first sight doesn't explain everything, even though it seems to have been real. The power couple never left each other's side, and Cleopatra spent a lot of time in Rome where she received the honors due to a queen. She was there on the 15th of March, 44 BC, when, accused of wanting to establish a monarchy, Caesar was assassinated. Rome then descended into civil war. Caesar's supporters, led by Roman general Mark Antony and Octavian, Caesar's adopted son, fought against his assassins Brutus and Cassius. Cleopatra, who had returned to Alexandria, was cautious and didn't take sides. The outcome of the war seemed too uncertain. She sought to preserve her kingdom above all else, additional proof that her relationship with Caesar was at least as political as it was romantic. But then what relationship isn't? Cleopatra had to justify her wait-and-see approach after the definitive victory of Caesar's supporters two years after his death. That was how she found herself summoned by Mark Antony. Much has been written about this meeting and their long relationship. According to biased historical accounts, Cleopatra used her occult power of seduction to charm Antony. She was said to have used potions and sorcery to make him fall for her, just like with Caesar. In reality, the queen managed to seduce the general using her keen political acumen. Informed of Mark Antony's taste for the luxury of eastern monarchies, the queen appeared before him with the full splendor of Egyptian royalty, where the queen was likened to the goddess Isis she proposed they form a royal and divine couple in which mark antony who governed the eastern provinces of the roman empire could find a source of political authority the new political couple was glorified and vilified in equal measure writers at the time were unanimous The Queen bewitched Antony for 11 years, turning him away from Roman interests. In reality, this grim portrait was purely the result of propaganda from Octavian and his supporters. Octavian went from being Mark Antony's ally to his rival and condemned his close relationship with the Queen. Denouncing this Egyptian woman, this foreigner as a bad influence, became the best way for him to discredit his rival. When Antony spent the following winter with Cleopatra in Alexandria, biased historical accounts told of their life of excess, drinking, and debauchery. The anecdote about the pearl told by Pliny the Elder is one such example. To prove to her lover that she could spend 10,000 sesterces in a single meal, Cleopatra removed a pearl from one of her earrings and dissolved it in a goblet of vinegar before drinking the concoction in one go. I mean, we've all had too much wine, but that's crazy. When Mark Antony finally left Egypt in 40 BC, the lovers were separated for three years. During this time, The relationship between Mark Antony and Octavian deteriorated. It was only a matter of time before war broke out between Caesar's two successors. Cleopatra joined Mark Antony in Antioch, Syria in 37 BC at this moment of extreme tension. There, she pulled off an extraordinary political move the Queen presented herself in a dominant position. She was the head of a rich and powerful kingdom that could play a decisive role in the upcoming war. Antony was reunited with the woman he loved, but most importantly, found a vital ally. In exchange for her help in the war against Octavian, Antony gave the Queen important territories, including Cyprus and regions of Crete and Syria, Cleopatra finally achieved her primary goal – rebuilding a vast Mediterranean kingdom. To seal the alliance, Mark Antony married her and acknowledged their two children, born three years earlier. That was nice of him. This new romantic and political union marked the height of Cleopatra's reign. The grand military parade given by Mark Antony to celebrate his conquest of Armenia in 34 BC, illustrates this. During the event, Cleopatra was hailed as the Queen of Kings in the heart of Alexandria. But in Rome, this was a scandal. A triumph organized outside the empire's capital was akin to blasphemy. For the Romans, the event was evidence of Mark Antony's megalomania demonstrating that he'd lost all reasons in the arms of the Egyptian woman. War with Octavian was now inevitable. Mark Antony led his fleet alongside Cleopatra. The decisive battle took place in western Greece in September 31 BC. Octavian is said to have given a particularly violent and xenophobic speech to his troops before the battle he referred to cleopatra as an accursed egyptian woman who worships reptiles and beasts as gods and who transformed roman knights and senators into eunuchs mark Antony and his supporters were presented as slaves devoid of all masculinity softened by all the years they'd spent living with Eastern customs. When it came to naval warfare, Mark Antony and Cleopatra were quickly outmatched. Abandoning the majority of their vessels, they fled, returning to Egypt. They knew that Octavian and his troops would land sooner or later to claim total victory. His arrival in Alexandria in early August 30 BC divided the royal couple. In this protracted conflict, their interests diverged. Mark Antony wanted to continue fighting, while Cleopatra hoped to negotiate with the victor to preserve her kingdom. In a tragic ending, Antony took his own life. It's unclear exactly why. Some say he took his own life because he was betrayed by his beloved. Others attribute it to a false rumor of the death of Cleopatra, which Mark Antony was unable to endure. The story of the Queen of Egypt ended ten days after that of her lover. Cleopatra tried all forms of political maneuvering during her last confrontation with Octavian in Alexandria. Blackmail, the promise of treasure, seduction. But the new leader of Rome remained unmoved. In a rush to be rid of her, he threatened her. If she remained alive, he would make her his prisoner and parade her in the streets of Rome during the triumph he would hold to celebrate his victory. On the 12th of August, 30 BC, Cleopatra decided to take her own life. She didn't want to live to see her ancestor's kingdom destroyed. We know that she used poison to take her own life, but here again, history becomes confused with myth Biased historical accounts claim Cleopatra tested dozens of different poisons on her slaves first. But the most common version of the tale, which is still prevalent today, is even more tragic. Cleopatra, the mistress of her fate from start to finish, orchestrated her own death. While in Octavian's custody, the queen is said to have had a basket of fruit containing a cobra brought to her. Plunging her hand into it, she died as a result of the snake's venomous bite. One year after the death of Cleopatra, a statue of her with a snake wrapped around her arm was paraded through the streets of Rome. Octavian celebrated his triumph over the last queen of Egypt and, in the process, imposed this version of her death for centuries to come. Behind the hateful portrait fabricated by propaganda, marked by the seal of male chauvinism and xenophobia, Cleopatra remains, for the most part, an enigma. One thing is certain. She was a woman with keen political acumen capable of restoring Egypt's glory, where her predecessors had failed. Thanks for listening to Echoes of History, Behind the Legends, a Ubisoft podcast produced by Paradiso Media.